Jesus called you and I to follow him. Listen, he called us to follow him individually, but he called us into this fellowship of believers bound together by the Holy Spirit, bound together by God himself, surrounded and kept by God is not saving individuals, church. God is saving a people that he intends to journey with all the way through eternity. Second Kings is where we're going to be hanging out today. Second Kings chapter 13, and uh, it is Father's Day. And so this morning, I am remembering one of my spiritual fathers. His name was Don Polston. He is in heaven today and receiving the reward of his faith. But uh, what I remember about Don is that he was a fierce follower of Jesus. His words and his influence helped shape my early days as a Christ follower. In fact, it was through Don that I, I first became acquainted with the names Elijah and Elisha. You, you might find it odd that a man 35 years old had never heard of Elijah or Elisha in his life, but that was, that was true, and certainly I didn't know of the adventures of their two lives, and Don would, would teach, and his words encouraged me. Don was the kind of guy that with his words, his edifying words and his presence, he could, he could raise the atmosphere in a room. Do you, know, do you know people like that, that just their presence changes the atmosphere in a room? Don was like that for me. So whenever I read about the Old Testament prophets like Elisha and Elijah, I think about Don. And so this week, as we were leading up and running up to this day, Father's Day, I took an adventure took an adventure through the Old Testament, particularly through First and Second Kings, and just kind of wandered. It wasn't part of my study. It wasn't part of my devotion. I was just taking a journey. Do you ever do that? I wasn't really reading. I wasn't really studying, but I was, I was sort of perusing the, the storyline of the text and, and remembering Don and, and being grateful in my heart. And I covered a large portion of the Bible, kind of like a cross-country drive through uh, those beautiful, winding, tree-lined highways of southern Indiana. Do you ever do that? Every once in a while, I tell Cheryl, are you up for an adventure today? Where are we going? I don't know. What are we going to do? I don't know. But it'll be fun. And just like whenever we, we set out on one of those adventures, as I made my way through the scriptures, uh, you come across some interesting treasure that's sometimes buried to you, that somehow you, you've overlooked over the years. So I'm making my way through 2 Kings, the adventures of Elisha, just since Elijah has been taken up into heaven in a whirlwind, and it starts out with a miraculous healing of the water at Jericho. It's amazing. 
And then there's the miracle oil for the widow and her sons. And it keeps going. Uh, the miracle at the Shunem house, death in the pot of stew where the, there was something wrong. And they came to Elisha and they said, there's death in the pot. And he, he healed the stew. Miraculous feeding. From 20 loaves of bread. Naaman healed of leprosy. A floating axe head. I don't remember the last time I saw a floating axe head. Saw some flying ones. Hills. This is the one that astounds me. Hills full of horses and chariots of fire defending God's people. And then comes this. There's so much more in there. It, you should just take that journey sometime, but there's so much more in there. And then there's this. It starts out simple enough. Verse 20 of 2 Kings chapter 13, it says, Elisha died and was buried. One line. Elisha died and was buried. And I, when you first read that, I thought, Wow, what, a, what an epitaph for this prophet of God, all these miracles, all this stuff. And, and all it says was, Elisha died and was buried. And it looks like it's the end of the story. Except the next verse. Now Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Terrorists, insurgents, so to speak. They would come around, and they've been doing this for generations, and they've been harassing and pestering and, and tormenting the, the people of Israel. And, and once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of these raiders. Here they come. They're in the middle of a funeral. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They saw this band of raiders so quick in a panic, in a hurry to get out of there, they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. They toss him in there. Let's get out of here. Right? And the very next line, when the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood on his feet. Oh, Lord, help us today to see some wonder here. But I read that and I say to myself, I, I think to myself, Jerry, I say, Cue the sidewalk prophets. Do you know their song? I want to live like that and give it all I have. That's the way I want to live in such a way that even when my bones are decaying and, and, and fading away, and that's all that's left of me, the influence of my life will linger and bring life to others. I want to live like that. I want to live that way. Clearly, what happened that day at Elijah's tomb was Elisha's tomb was a miracle, a display of God's power, perhaps, perhaps to remind the Israelites God had not abandoned the people, even though the Moabite terrorists made for some difficult days. But I wonder if there's more to the story, something more we could pull out of these two verses. And you may be thinking for yourself right now, here it comes, another one of Pastor Bob's sermons on how we need to be super Christians who do more and try harder. 
but you'd be wrong. Because what I want to say to you, to all of us, is ordinary wins the day. Ordinary wins the day. Now, I've said this before, and I, I'm not going to linger a long time here, but, but don't confuse when I say ordinary. Don't confuse ordinary with mediocre, with purposeless, with carelessness. Don't confuse those. And don't confuse ordinary with insignificant. Because the ordinary Christian life is anything but mediocre or insignificant. Right place? I've got you leaning in. Elijah, the, the predecessor to Elisha, he caught the attention of the nation of Israel with his works, with the way he spoke to those in authority with the voice of God and, and the miracles that happened through his life. And, and as Pastor Joseph reminded us last week of the great encounter with the prophets of Baal and, and calling down the fire from, from heaven. But the scriptures record this about Elijah. It said he was a man he was a person just like us. An ordinary person. Say that with me. Ordinary person. An ordinary person. And, and guys, I, I know you feel the weight of it with me this morning because there is a constant call on us. There's a constant call on really all of us, but, but I think men sometimes feel it uniquely, and it, sometimes it can be both overwhelming and paralyzing that we have to be great leaders, that we have to be monumental men, that we have to be the kind of men that stand out in the crowd, that, that do great things and, and lead the charge. There's incredible pressure on you. I think, I think, parents, listen to me, grandparents. I, I think, it's hot up here. Mercy. I think there is an incredible pressure on our young people. They, they've been told from the get-go, you can do anything, expect great things from your life, and all this weight, all this pressure, you be the best, you, you stand out, and they feel this. And I think younger generations feel this unique pressure, and it could be why, listen, it could be why anxiety and depression are pandemic among among millennials and Generation Z, and if you need to know who those people are, just look around the church at Isaac and Josh and, and Pastor Ryan and, and people. They feel an inordinate amount of pressure. Wait. And it could be why, it could be why, this is astounding to me every time I think about it. It could be why the suicide rate among men my age is 
increasing at incredibly alarming rates. Sometimes we put that pressure on ourselves. But the truth of Scripture is this. And you've got to think about this. I wonder if Elisha ever felt that pressure. I mean, after all, he followed Elijah, the man who was whisked away in a whirlwind. I mean, what, what are you going to do to top that? It's like following Pastor Joseph after a sermon. Right? But even so, I want to suggest to you the secret to Elisha's life was probably the most important lesson he learned from Elijah. We are ordinary people proclaiming and serving an extraordinary God. Right? You want to hear that again? Yes. We are ordinary people proclaiming and serving an extraordinary God. <laughs> Sometimes we make idols of excellence. And we feel the weight of that. Sometimes we make an idol of success. And it's not a burden that we're ever meant to carry. Watching the kiddos in the Father's Day video, it reminded me of this simple and sublime truth. Within the ordinary rhythms of life come some pretty spectacular moments. Lives are changed as values and truths too important to be forgotten are passed on through the daily routines of life. I, I didn't hear any of the kids. Did you, did you hear? Did any of them start off by saying, well, my dad is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Why, why he can change the directions of the rivers and bend steel with his bare hands. Not a one. But I love when he hunts Pokemon with me. I love when we play games. I love when he drops me off at school. Did you hear it? I love when he's there. In the ordinary stuff. In the day to day. And I, you know, I'm certain. I am certain this is what God had in mind when he told the the folks of Israel. Remember, he said through, through Moses to the Israelites as they were getting ready to claim their inheritance in the promised land, as they were getting ready to move into the place filled land of milk and honey and inherit gardens and fields that they didn't plant and, and magnificent grapes and all sorts of stuff. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And then he says this. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. We heard it earlier. It's not far from you. They're going to be right here. 
They're up in the heavens that you have to climb up to get them. They'll be right here. He says, they'll be on your heart. And he says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. In other words, in other words, the way you disciple your children is to be present in their lives, that they might see the heart of God in their parents as it comes out of you, as you teach them about life and what it means to follow God. And you can all go, You see, I think so oftentimes we, we, we interpret that to mean I have got to be from the get-go sitting my kids down. And certainly there is a part of that. Certainly there is a piece of this, that, that we read the scriptures together as a family, that we, that we worship God together as a family, that we embrace the truths of God as a family, and we commit them to memory as a family. There is a piece of that, but the larger piece of this that the gospel teaches us about Jesus' incarnation coming to live among us, to reveal who God is among us, the, the larger truth of the scripture is that the way of God is learned life on life. Ordinary people following, proclaiming, serving an extraordinary God day by day by day. If you talk to Dylan, some of the things he learned was uh, growing up was, uh, well, I don't know what all he learned, but uh, there are things that we talk about every time we're together as a family. One of those, one of those things is, uh, wow, Dad, why did you make us listen to the Braveheart soundtrack? <laughs> What's up with that, Dad? But he never forgets ever, and we talk about it all the time. Remember when we used to play catch in the front yard? And you never got tired of doing that. And it reminds us that God is never tired of doing it again. I mean, isn't that the glory of the sunrise is that God never tires of doing it again. We see the marvel of the sun and we say, oh man, that's amazing. Who imagined that and gave source to its light? It's God, and God never gets tired of doing it again and again for his children. And God has desired so much to be with us. I don't know. But I do know this. I love the story author and speaker Joe McKeever tells about a conversation he had with his then eight-year-old granddaughter, Abby. It seems Abby's mother, which would be Joe's daughter, had been instructing Abby about uh, maybe the facts of life and where babies come from. And Abby comes to her grandpa and says, I'm not going to have children, grandpa. It hurts too bad. 
Joe goes on, he says, my first thought was to tell her that if her mother had felt that way, she and her sister would not be here, yada, yada, yada. But what I said was, yes, it does hurt, but the pain goes away and you're left with the beautiful child. You decide that it was worth it. He says, my granddaughter looked me in the eye and boldly declared, you're a man. What do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Boy, they learn it young, Eric. I don't know. But the truth is, guys, listen to me right here. Every one of you, you do know things. You know important things. You you know things that are too important to be forgotten, not passed on. And there's a curious little incident in Elisha's career. Some young men were mocking him. Maybe you, you know this story, but they were mocking Elisha, and they were, they were throwing shade at him. They were saying, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. I don't know what that means, except perhaps you're an old man. Get out of here. You've got nothing to add to our lives. I don't know. And Elisha called down bears, took care of the problem. But the scriptures remind us, and I'm speaking to the rest of us now, remember your leaders. Remember your leaders, your fathers, your spiritual fathers like mine, Don, who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Watch their lives. Watch the way they live. And, and you know this, right? Every one of us in this room knows this. More is caught than taught. It, it's, it's almost like cliche, right? But, but I, I used to cringe, Roger, every time when I wanted to punish Dylan as a child, but I remembered where he learned that thing from me. I knew. And we learn from, from watching the, the men in our lives. Guys, and, and the things that we see in you, like integrity, like, like your, your, the way you accept responsibility and, and, and put your family first, and the way you model mercy and grace, and the way you model forgiveness even, and the way you model love. You may not be a Rhodes Scholar. You may never throw the winning pass in a Super Bowl. But I'm telling you, your lives are worth more to us than you can ever imagine. We learn things from you. And in that way, listen, your life influences and changes and brings life 
even after you're gone. I could pass this microphone around today and you would tell me stories about people who are no longer with us who have received their heavenly reward and you would say, this person has changed my life. This is the difference that person made in my life. When I'm discouraged, I remember this and I saw that. Do you get everything right? No. You don't. But this is one of the characteristics and and the realities of the scriptures that I hold dear to my heart. Every time I pick up this text, this ancient sacred text, and I read about Elisha or Elijah, they were ordinary people and they had flaws. Every one of them. Missteps. But in the midst of that comes God's grace. Ordinary women and men doing their best to follow God as best they know how. And perhaps this, guys, is the most important lesson we learn from you. how to live before God with all of your flaws in your brokenness and experience the redemption and the grace of God. It teaches us that there is a God who is for us, not against us. And your lives become a winsome drawing to help us see who God really is. And that's something worth preserving. It's something worth passing on. And here's perhaps the most surprising part to any of you. Your lives, your ordinary lives, they inspire us to dare to do great things to step into the unknown, to embrace what it means to follow Jesus by faith. Your lives do that, guys. They have done that, and they will continue to do that. So we celebrate you today, and we give God thanks for you because it is is in the context of your unflinching commitment to Jesus. It is in the context of your faithfulness to God and your families and to your call to lead it is, it is within the context of that relationship that we are given the courage and the wings to fly. Your lives matter. Your lives matter. And so I will close with this and remind you that we choose the story of our bones. We choose the story of our bones. So as as my friend David Drury said, today, today, I'm going to start being the kind of person I want to be someday. Today, I'm going to start being that kind of person. Today is a day of new beginnings. So here's my today. 
I'm going to resolve with God's help to speak only positive, affirming, life-giving words for the next seven days. I don't know what it will be for you, but that's what it is for me today, and I'm going to watch as the influence of my life increases. Who knows? Who knows? It might change the whole trajectory of Facebook. (laughs) I don't know. Right. But I would say this. The most important new beginning you could have today is to yield your life to Jesus. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He is the ultimate example of manhood. The scriptures say. That through faith in him, our lives go on forever through the forgiveness and mercy of God. So in just a minute, I'm going to pray over the men in this church. We're going to ask you to stand. We're going to stretch out our hands to you. But I want to indulge myself today just a little bit and say to my uh, friend Don, even though it's been 20 years since I've seen him, more probably, I can still hear many of the words he spoke to me. I can still remember the day at my Arby's restaurant when he put his arms around me and perhaps for the first time in in my life I heard a man say to me, I love you, Bob. And I just want to say thanks, Don. Your life has been life to me. And I can say this morning that because of his influence in my life, my son does not have to know the ruin and the heartache of being raised in a godless home. Guys, listen. Every one of your lives have that kind of power and influence. Embrace it today. Serve the living God. Place your hope and your trust in Jesus, and the people around you will say, when it's all that's left is your bones, they will say, your life is life. I know it because the risen Jesus lived in you. Amen. Amen. Guys, I want you to stand. Everyone around them, I I want every man in a place. And I want hands stretched out, and I want you to reach toward them. And and if you're if you're close enough to lay hands on someone, that's that's fine too. But collectively, listen to this prayer. Guys, I want you to hear this. Pray with me. Oh great God, you have revealed yourself as a heavenly father to all of your children through your Son, Jesus Christ. Today we pause to honor the men of faith who have been examples to us of your great love, of your mercy, of your kindness, 
Our lives are richer because of them. This is their moment on history stage, Father. Grant to each man hearing these words courage like that of Joshua who led your people to take their inheritance. May they be slow to anger and quick to forgive. And, and though, through the ministrations of your Holy Spirit, may all fathers be strong and steadfast examples of faithfulness, responsibility, and loving kindness. Give to each man a hunger for your word that each inspired word would be a lamp to their feet and a light for their path as they embrace the call to nurture, protect, guide, and inspire the ones you have entrusted to their care. Today, we remember with gratitude the men who have finished their course on earth and how their lives, like Elisha's, give light and life to us even today. Help us to imitate their faith. And may your grace bring healing where scars of disappointment and brokenness weigh us down. Help us to see the amazing power of Christ's resurrection at work, making all things new. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who ever lives to intercede and to advocate for each man in this room. I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. 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 Guys, we're proud of you. We're proud of you and we're grateful to God. And pray that as you go about today, that you would feel the glad approval of God, that you would sense his smile upon you. Even as you serve the King of Kings. Amen. Go in peace and uh, let's serve the Lord. Greet one another as you go today.